Today we're talking about the doom and gloomy narrative surrounding the injury-riddled Lakers. Is the media making it more than it really is? Also, we delve into ESPN's top 25 NBA players under 25. Who let LaMelo Ball be put at number three? All that and more on this episode of Barbecue Chicken. Lillard, long range three. Ah, it's good! Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. It's off the Leonard, defended by Simmons. Is this the dagger? And we're back. Another week of NBA basketball is in the books. We're another week closer to NBA playoff time. And another week brings a new podcast Twitter account. Check us out at Barbecue Podcast on Twitter. For all updates, news, shenanigans, and everything related to this podcast, Stay fresh in tune with everything that Levi and I are creating. Barbecue chicken alert. Levi, how are you doing? You know, same old, same old. Sweet. <laughs> Expand, be something more, a little more creative than that. You know what I'm saying? Same old, same old. School's got me down. Don't have much to talk about, but I'm still doing it for the podcast what all right maybe a little a little too a little too expressive how you doing ethan i'm doing pretty fine pretty fine got my second dose of that covid vaccine feeling good go get vaccinated it's pretty easy nowadays thankfully i've been a little tired a little sore in the left arm where i got that needle stuck into me but looking forward to the immunity and the uh, the resistance against the virus that is soon to come. And as we talk about resistance and immunity and healing, let's talk a little bit about the Lakers, who are one of the main subjects of today's episode. Because it seems like recently, the mood around the Los Angeles Lakers, at least coming from the NBA media landscape, NBA media landscape, has turned gloomy. Um, news broke a few days ago that Frank Vogel, Frank Vogel believes that Anthony Davis is still three to four weeks away from returning. And LeBron James is still on a timetable where he's about two to three weeks, maybe a little bit more away from returning. And with the playoffs kicking into full gear around the 22nd and the plan series starting about a, about a week before that, you got to wonder can this Lakers team get back to a healthy enough standpoint where they'll be able to compete at a high level? Um, but honestly, what I'm thinking right now is that the media is totally overblowing this narrative out of the water. Because when you look at the last time that LeBron's team that was a playoff contender was really heavily scrutinized looking at their chances going into the postseason, I think back to the 2018 season where LeBron ended up leaving, leading that Cats team to the finals and honestly was probably the weakest team that he's ever led out of his career into the finals, even more so than that first Cavs team back in 07 against the Spurs. Um, but that team, I mean, you had a beaten up, old, out of his prime Kevin Love. You had J.R. Smith, a shell of a man, and Tristan Thompson. Kyle Korver was in that starting lineup. George Hill. It was rough. And people were wondering if they were going to be able to get past the Celtics, get past a team like the Raptors in the playoffs. Even the Pacers in the first round took them to seven games. But at the end of the day, LeBron pushed through it and got that team to the finals. Of course, they got swept by the Warriors. But when you look at this Lakers team, although, yes, he and AD are hurt now, and they probably will not be back until close to or the start of playoff time. I mean, they have a very impressive roster. LeBron is the best teammate he's arguably ever had in his career. Levi, what do you make of this whole media media gloom fest that's kind of happening right now around this Lakers Lakers situation? I think a lot of it's probably contrived just because LeBron and AD are going to be out. But Lakers got to win today against the Raptors. I mean, they're not they're not struggling so bad that like they're going to drop out of the playoff race at all. I mean, to be honest, they kind of looked fine today. 
And I think even if they drop down to like the five C, I don't think it's going to stop them from being able to, you know, get out of the first round. Well, they're going to get out of the first round no matter what, I think. But try, at least make it to probably the conference finals. And um, I, don't, I don't think this regular season means much towards the postseason. True, true. And if we look at the standings right now, the Lakers are in that five seed, like you said. 32 and 19, but they are only uh, a game back at the three C with the Clippers. Clippers, Nuggets, and Lakers are all stacked on top of each other. Pause. Um, and the Blazers are two games behind the Lakers. And the Mavericks, you know, I love me some Luka. The Mavericks, when Luka has been playing, they've won, they've gone 20 and four in the last 24 games when Luka has been playing, which was just a mind blowing stat when I read it. They're seven and three in their last 10, they've won five in a row. And slowly, and slowly but surely, they are only two games out of reaching above that threshold where they will not have to play in the playing series. And lo and behold, their first round matchup, as of now, if they crept them into that six seed spot, would be a rematch against the LA Clippers. Um, so fascinating to see this playoff picture take even more shape and form. But when we think about the Lakers, let's say they, uh, let's say they end up end up as a five seed um out of a out of the three teams uh with the let's 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 go with the uh the suns clippers and nuggets because they're pretty much the only teams right now who i could see falling into that four seed position jazz have a good enough gap where i don't think they will and the, they've they've won nine of their last ten um out of the suns clippers and nuggets levi i mean is is there any question as to would the Lakers want to face anyone else but the Suns in that series? Yeah, I don't know, man. We talked about this a few episodes back, and I think the Suns are definitely a team deep and talented, but I don't know that they have the overriding forward and star power to try to stop AD and LeBron, which you're not going to do anyway, but to slow down AD and LeBron. Their two best players are Chris Paul and Devin Booker, obviously. It seems like, I mean, if they catch fire, then the Suns can probably get two or maybe even three games. Although I don't really see it going to a game seven. But yeah, I think the Suns are probably the best bet for LA. An interesting thing right now that I kind of want to map out in my head is just like, imagine a uh, imagine a hypothetical bracket right now in the Western Conference. So at the top, of course, we got one versus eight. Then we got four versus five. And in the bottom half of the bracket, we got two versus seven and three versus six. Let's just say for the hypothetical situation of the scenario, the seven, eight, seven and eight seats end up being Mavericks at seven and Spurs at eight. Although they haven't been looking that hot as of recently. Two of eight, uh, two and eight in their last 10. But for the hypothetical scenario, let's just go with uh, Mavs at seven seed, Grizzlies at eight, and everything else stays the same right now. We got the Jazz at, we were probably going to end up I mean, 99% can end up at the top half of the bracket. And then the two seed is a little bit more interesting because the Clippers and Nuggets and even the Lakers are still within striking distance of the two seed, but the Suns do have about a two to three game gap. So probably going to end up having the Jazz at the top of the bracket, Suns at the bottom. So no matter where the Lakers end up, they're probably, I mean, they're definitely going to have to play the Jazz or the Suns in one of the first two rounds. And I would say, that's a series that they could see being pretty easily winnable. There's a there there's a post on Reddit, and we're thinking about these uh thinking about these these five teams at the top of the West: Jazz, Suns, Clippers, Nuggets, Lakers, and they've all had fantastic seasons, all led by all stars, players having breakout years, underrated players. Even when we look at teams like the Suns and the Nuggets and the Jazz, full of depth. One of these teams is going to be a first-round exit. Jazz, Suns, Clippers, Nuggets, Lakers. I mean, I mean, we're we're back onto what we just talked about. Is there a team besides the Suns that you would bet on most likely to dip out of this Western Conference first round, Levi? You're talking in the top half. Yeah, just out of these out of these five teams, because I'm of course only four teams advanced to the second round. When you look at the Jazz, Suns, Clippers, Nuggets, Lakers probably going to end up being the top five teams in this conference come end of the season. Besides the Suns, I think probably the best bet would be Utah, just because of 
well, they'll have lack of playoff experience, but they just haven't gone as far as other teams and they don't have that late round playoff success that other teams like the Clippers and Lakers do. Um, yeah, I think this team is just, I mean, they're obviously the top seed for a reason, but going into the playoffs, if you're going to have to face LeBron in the second round, you're, you're going to get outed really fast. And uh, I don't, actually, I actually don't know about the first round just because I don't think John Morant is going to take down the Utah Jazz simply by himself. But Yeah, but what if like a team like the Warriors, I mean, of course, the Warriors have been, sorry to interrupt you, but think about a team like the Warriors and the Mavs creeping into that eight spot with that first round matchup against the Jazz. I mean, even though Luka doesn't have that much like playoff experience, that Mavs depth and big man rotation is deadly. You're talking about the Jazz big man rotation? No, the Mavs. Oh, I see. Yeah, they have a lot of guys, you know, Porzingis, Boban, they can threaten Gobert down low. Powell, Clayber. Uh, Clayber, yeah. Clayber. Uh, I just think, yeah, I just think the Jazz are playing at too good of a level right now to be upset by someone like the Mavs. Uh, I mean, I still think they're most likely to get upset out of the rest of them besides the Suns, but if it's the Mavs, I mean, I could possibly see it happening, but I'd still have my money on the Jazz in that one. That's a good point. That's a good point. I mean, what everyone's been talking about this regular season is will the Jazz, will the Jazz success, will the Jazz record-breaking offensive numbers, efficiency ratings, everything translate to postseason success. But going going back to the Lakers, at this point, honestly, if I were the Lakers, looking at the current positions, I think out of out of any team in this Western Conference, the one that I would not want to go up against in that first round, and this might be a little controversial choice, but I would say it's the Nuggets. I think the Nuggets have the best chance when you look at their lineup, when you look at their size, when you look at their depth especially. Um, I think the Nuggets poise the biggest threat to the Lakers in a seven-game series. More so in a first round when AD and LeBron are still getting more adjusted back into the rotation, adjusting to these newer pieces that they added around the deadline, whether it be Drummond, Ben McLemore, uh, solid three and D wing signed off the uh, signed to fill the 15th roster spot just today, actually day of the recording. But I mean, Aaron Gordon has been looking fantastic in this nugget system. Him and Jokic, they've been having those lob connections. Like you said, Jamal Murray has been on fire as of recently. But I think this Nuggets team, there's just something about them and something about as of recently, especially especially as of recently. They've won six in a row. Did you see where I'm coming from? I think I'm crazy. No, no, no. The Nuggets make a lot of sense to not want to play. I mean, they got Jokic, who's, as like we said before, he's, he's playing at an MVP level this year. Like Jamal Murray showed he can go off last year in the bubble. Um, they got a lot of young core pieces. They just added Aaron Gordon, of course. Nuggets are not someone I'd want to see in the first round. You going to come sing at my funeral? Lakers, another scenario that could happen. I mean, they have been playing. They've been playing decently for the lineup that they've had recently. But if you look at take a look at their upcoming schedule, it is a uh, it's almost a gauntlet. I mean, today. The Raptors took that game, nine-point win, not too shabby. But let's look at their next seven to eight games. You got the Heat tomorrow. We got the Nets after that, Knicks after that, Hornets after that, Celtics, Jazz, Jazz, Mavericks, Mavericks. I mean, those are eight to nine. I mean, I might include some multiples. um, Playoff contenders in a row. Top-tier playoff contenders nonetheless, with the exception of the Hornets, who... Cannot catch a break when it comes to injuries as of recently, whether it be Hayward, Rozier, LaMelo. But if the Lakers, I mean, if they can squeak by this this next nine-game stretch with maybe three wins, I'd say they'd be in a decent enough chance to still stave off this, the Blazers, maybe even the Mavericks too, uh, stay out of the, the play-in series. I mean, I mean, what am I saying? They can still afford to drop another seed. 
Um, but they need these, uh, the, the, the Mavericks games back to back. One of them on my birthday, in fact. So that'll be fun to watch. Wow. What are the odds of that? Primetime game, LeBron, Luca on my birthday. Thank you, ESPN and NBA scheduling. You think LeBron will be back? Uh, oh. <laughs> no, you're right. I forgot about that. Well, Luca torching the Lakers on my birthday. Thanks, NBA. But. Yeah, the Lakers, I mean, they're four games ahead of uh, the play-in series right now. Is there any is there any scenario that you think the play-in series could benefit the Lakers in any way? I mean, I have no doubt that LeBron and AD would be back in time for that. And if they're in a series, let's say the Mavericks jump them and the Blazers stay where they are, where it's LeBron, I mean LeBron, the Lakers, the Grizzlies, the Spurs, and the Warriors... I have no doubt that the Lakers can beat any of those teams handily. But would they would they want to end up in a situation like that where they have to they have to use more minutes than they want to? They have to expend more energy, you know what I'm saying? But would that be beneficial at all to kind of get LeBron and AD back in the groove or is it a, is it all out no at this point? No, I think it's just an added risk that you don't want to try. Especially when you're getting two guys off of injury, just keeping your guys fresh, but also making sure that uh, they get in there and do what they need to do in a shorter amount of time is probably the way to go. Yeah, you know, I think they just need to keep their guys well rested. And also, I think Andre Drummond is the most overrated player in NBA history. Okay. Okay, Mr. Mr. NBA Twitter. <laughs> Hey, you told me to give you a hot take. I didn't tell you to copy everything that everyone's been saying for the past three months. I want some originality. All right, nope. segue, segue. Segue. To talking about the Lakers, and uh, it's they're, they're a team that doesn't have too much youth, to be honest. But uh, with this next list we're looking at, this is all about youth, all right? This is the top 25 players under the age of 25. You want to start us off on this list, Ethan? Sure. So given some background, this is a a list that ESPN released on Tuesday, which is today. Well, 15 minutes ago yesterday. um, Released with three writers, three NBA analysts, Bobby Marks, Kevin Pelton, Mike Schmitz, I don't think I've heard of any of these dudes. Maybe Mike Schmitz, but that sounds like a very common name. Respect to all of them. They have jobs at ESPN writing about the NBA. It's what we want to do someday, you know? But basically, they ranked the top 25 players in the NBA under the age of 25. And they all cast a ballot. And then I think they averaged it out or something to get these final rankings. What we're going to be doing is basically going through the top 10. Um, We'll look a little bit outside of that, but... Just going player by player, player by player from 10 to 1, saying we think that player is overrated at a spot, underrated at a spot, or perfectly rated. Let's let's start off on the outside looking in. So, of course, we're not going to go player by player now because it'll take a little while. But 25, we got Colin Sexton. 24, Lonzo Ball. 23, Jared Allen. 22, John Collins. 21, Tyrese Halliburton. 20, DeAndre Ayton. 19, Anthony Edwards, 18, DeMontis Sabonis, 17, Mikel Bridges, 16, Trey Young, 15, John Morant, 14, Michael Porter Jr., 13, Jamal Murray, 12, Jalen Brown, and 11, Brandon Ingram at 11. And a little a little more background, This uh, there's a little disclaimer that this, this the rankings are based on future potential. The thing that immediately jumps out to me on this outside looking in is how can you put a guy like Anthony Edwards who has shown so much potential in his rookie season, whether it be his athleticism, his drive, his competitiveness. Well, he isn't the most efficient shooter. I mean, he likes chucking up shots, and he's a he's a really good scorer. scorer. And as much as I love someone like DeMontis Sabonis, I mean, I, I think we can agree that he's, he's nearing his peak right now. And I think for Edwards, the sky is the limit at this point. That that's that's something that jumps out of me immediately, Levi. What about you for this these uh the twenty five through eleven? To be honest, I just want to talk about one guy I think is too high and one guy I think is too low. Uh, McCall Bridges. I, I don't 
I mean, I've heard he's been much improved this year, probably part of the reason the Suns are in the position that they are, but I don't know. I, I don't think I'd put him above Anthony Edwards or a guy like uh, even Colin Sexton right now. Um, and then a guy I think maybe is too low is probably John Morant. He's the lead. He's obviously the leader, the best player on that young Grizzlies team. And when we're saying um, too low, I we wouldn't... mean like ranked too high, like the inverse. Yeah. 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 Continue. Uh, I wouldn't. Put, I would hit. I wouldn't put him below like Michael Porter Jr. or maybe even Shea Gilgis Alexander right now, just because of how he's gonna. Of how I think he's going to blossom and become the leader of that Grizzlies team for years to come. And the unfortunate timing of your your argument about John Rand is he he exited tonight's game against the Heat with an injury, so hopefully he'll be all okay. Uh, but of course, Jaw's not been the healthiest this season, but he has been more of a leader, which I do I do like your take on that. Some more things about this list: Lonzo Ball. I mean, I get why he's on this list. He was a number two overall pick, and he's still fairly young. But honestly, you look at everyone else on this list, I would put him at the bottom um, on the, the totem pole. I think R.J. Barrett definitely deserves a spot on this list. Don't know why he was snubbed over someone like Lonzo Ball. I think he could probably fit in somewhere in the high teens, maybe lower if he keeps the performing at the level he's been doing recently for the Knicks. I know we expressed some doubt for him a few episodes ago, but if RJ keeps performing the way that he's doing right now, especially come playoff time, I could put him somewhere in the high teens on this list. I think I think Brandon Ingram, when we get into the top 10, I think Brandon Ingram on the outside looking in right now at 11, I think he has a, he has a solid argument to maybe jump into that top 10. Jalen Brown as well. Of course, he's he's near 25 right now, so you could argue that he's He's further into his career. He's reached more of his potential than everyone else has. I think he could maybe jump a little bit higher. I think Michael Porter Jr., I mean, his his career is still, he's shown a lot of promising flashes at this point. He's, of course, dealt with injuries. And he's kind of playing third fiddle right now to Jamal Murray and Nikola Jokic. I don't know if that's going to be the system that he'll, he'll, he could reach his full potential in. But, I mean, I tweeted a year ago, I think, I, I thought, Michael Porter Jr. could have a chance of making the All-Star game this year. Not this year, but maybe next year. Um, I just I, I continue to wonder whether he can fit in on a team like the Nuggets to really be the the star ball handling small forward that he's kind of meant out to be, you know? So that's uh that, that's the talk of the tale for the uh the, the eleven through twenty-five on that list. But delving into the top ten, number ten. How about I go through the list and then we can do our little our do a little little game, little game. So at ten, we got Shea Gilgis and just Ale- Shea Gilgis Alexander. That's the reason I say SGA. Number nine, we got Bam Adebayo. Eight, we got Devin Booker. Seven, we got Ben Simmons. Six, we got De'Aaron Fox. Five, we got Jason Tatum. Four, we got Donovan Spider Mitchell. Three, we have of course, of course he's three. ESPN, of course, Lamelo Ball. Number two, Zion Williamson. Number one, my favorite player in the league right now, Luka Magic Doncic. All right, Luka. I just called you Luka. All right, Levi. <laughs> I'm supposed to laugh. <laughs> I'm keeping that in. Um, at 10, we got a... Uh, let's talk about Shea Gilgis Alexander right now. So at 10, I'm going to go 3-2-1. And after one... Go overrated, underrated, perfectly rated. All right, you ready? Sure. All right, SGA. Three, two, one, overrated. Overrated. Yeah, I just think Shy is, you know, I, I, admittedly I haven't watched a ton, ton of Thunder games, but I don't think he deserves to be above guys like Jalen Brown and John Morant. Um, he's just not that – he's just not up to that level in my opinion. And uh, I I don't th- I don't I haven't seen him lead a team on his own, um, which I think other guys on this list have probably done more than he has so far. True, and I, I think SGA has kind of got the short end of the stick when it comes to luck in his early career. I mean, of course, he was drafted by the Clippers, then sent over to that Thunder team, and while he did look good in that first round series against the Rockets, when it came to Game Seven in the clutch, 
he he went missing from time to time. And of course, the final possession, uh, Lou Dort had the shot to had the chance to win the game before it got tipped by Harden. And this year, I mean, he was having a solid season, but of course, he got injured out for the year with a it was a foot injury that knocked him out. He's out for this season, but I think SGA, when you think about the injury concerns, the team that he's on right now, it's going to be two to three years at the at the minimum if we put trust into Sam Presti, where this team's going to be able to compete on a playoff level again. And I think until we can see Shea get back fully healthy and fully understand his ability to lead a team um, and make an all-star team as well, because there are players behind him who have all-star appearances on this list multiple all-star appearances on this list i mean behind him we got brandon ingram jalen brown jamal murray trey young demonta sabonis and i think sga while i do believe in him in the future i just think we need to see a little bit more from him especially when it comes to success on a more competitive consistent level now um, then the, the the tanking thunder team that he's been on this season at least so yeah all right, you want to you, you want to do number nine and count us down? Sure, number nine, Bam Adebayo. Three, two, one. Perfectly underrated. rated. Ooh, okay. All right, you said you said underrated. Yeah. All right, all right. Give me give me your take. Why do you think this man deserves to be higher on the list? I mean, he was. I guess he was the second option behind Jimmy Butler on a finals team. But you obviously saw how big a difference that Miami Heat team was when he was on the court against the Lakers in the finals. He just brought a totally different element to that team and actually had them, in my opinion, win a game just from him coming back alone because you saw how that team looked without him. And it's obvious that he's a crucial part to what the Heat want to do going forward. That's true. And I, I, Pretty much, I agree with almost everything you said. The thing that I just think about is his future potential. And as of right now, I'm not sure how much more Bam can improve his game. I mean, he's he's playing at a, an all-star level. Of course, uh, got all-star pick this year. But as you said, he's kind of the second, second option of his team. And the league isn't really a center as a first scoring option anymore, with a few exceptions. Of course, Joel Embiid, more of a pure scorer when it comes to the five. But when you think about Bam and you look at everyone above him, I mean, we got Devin Booker, Ben Simmons, De'Aaron Fox, Jason Tatum, Donovan Mitchell, and we'll talk about Lamelo. He's an exception. Zion and Luca, and people behind him with Jalen Brown, Trey Young, Brandon Ingram. I think he's just he's at that sweet spot right now, and you notice he's pretty much the only big man on this list. I mean, you can say Zion's a power forward, you can say Jason Tatum's a power forward, but. He's the really only true centered big man, big man on this list. And I think he's about around where I expect him to end up compared to everyone else, give or take a few picks. But I definitely think that he is he is worthy of being on this list. And maybe he could shift around a position or two, but for the spot that uh, everyone's put him on right now, all these, all these ESPN analysts have put him on this list, I think it's fair enough. All right, next up. Number eight, we got the man that so many people on Twitter like hyping up. He's he's more of a pure scorer. He dropped over seventy. Was it last season? Two seasons ago. Uh, the main man. What did you say? I think it was four seasons ago. Four. That that feels so much more recent. This man's been in the league longer than I remember him being. It was like twenty sixteen. No, no, they didn't season, even have right. Twenty fifteen. Twenty fifteen. Jeez. Well, but they didn't even have the Nike jerseys when he was a he scored 70. So it had to be like four years ago. He he's he's near that that 25 age gap. He's 24 right now. It's turned 25 in October. He's seen some questionable lineups on the team that he stuck through. But now they are the number two seed in the Western Conference and they got promised land ahead of them. Devin Booker. Let's talk about this dude. Ready? Three. Two, one, perfectly rated. Underrated. All right. Same as the last ranking, my friend. I'll go first this time. So, Devin Booker, he's a fantastic player. Multiple-time All-Star. Pure score. He's averaging 26 a game this year. 
23 a game on his career. And for Devin Booker, I'm honestly, I'm going to switch my position. I'm going to say he's underrated too. I think he can be higher on this list. Devin Booker is just, he's, he's, he's a great shooter. And everyone, everyone makes the comparison to Kobe. Um, the man is a shot creator. He can knock down threes. I mean, he continues to improve season after season. And right now, this season, well, I don't think it's the most important moment of his career so far. I think what the Suns team does in the playoffs will speak a lot as to Devin Booker's doubters, Devin Booker's critics that don't believe that he can take that next step um, and make the Phoenix Suns team a consistent playoff competitor at the next level. Of course, I mean, Chris Paul has been a key contributor to this team. Mikel Bridges is young and upcoming. You don't believe in him that much, but as a topic for another day. DeAndre Ayton, solid big man. Of course, number one overall pick, even though they should have gotten Luka. This Suns team is young and growing, and they've got a lot to move, a lot to improve on. And I think with this season kind of being their first dip into the water of the playoffs, I think for Booker, it's especially with an aging Western Conference with LeBron, Kawhi, and Paul George, four to five years down the line, probably not going to be at an all-star level anymore at least consistently. I think the Suns team, and Devin Booker especially, just have so much more room to grow, and they are already at an all-star slash elite level. What do you think? Yeah, I also think he's underrated just because of uh, what he's done so far. He's, I mean, at the age he's at, I think if he continues his scoring pace, he's going to he's gonna really be up there in terms of... Um, um, in terms of like the all-time leading scorers, because um, that's really the biggest thing he does uh, is score. He's just a pure shooter. Everyone knows it. Um, if, he's, if he plays for, I think he came off the bench for Kentucky and then got drafted as after being a freshman. He came into the league at like 19. So him being able to just have longevity and play until he's maybe in his late thirties, he's going to have like 19 years of experience, 19 years of scoring to just get up there. And I think he's going to be um, probably an all-time scorer in my opinion. And uh, he's just a guy that for the future, I think is, I think the potential is really unlimited. I said it before, but Kobe is not a, not a bad comparison for someone like Devin Booker. Um, are, are there any other players it's like a 10, 20 years ago. You can think of more of like a pure score that kind of remind you of Booker or Booker reminds you of, moreover. Uh, when you say pure score, I just think of Tracy McGrady, although I don't think Devin Booker is quite as athletic as Tracy McGrady was. Yeah. But just in terms of being able to get buckets, he, he does remind me of Tracy, Tracy McGrady a little bit. It's kind of um, tough to make a comparison just dealing with the evolution of the game, of course. I mean, when you look at someone like T Mac, Vince Carter, even Kobe in his early years, it wasn't it wasn't the norm to chuck up all the shots, jump shots, especially that Devin Booker is doing right now. But he is he is an evolved player out of a pure scoring archetype that was so popular in the early two thousands. And I'm excited to see where he goes. And honestly, I can see him staying on the Suns team for the rest of his career, being a homer. And they have a lot of potential. I mean, a lot of people don't really realize this, but the Suns, as a franchise, have one of the best young cores in the league, arguably, judging by the the multitude of players they have that can be all stars, whether it be Aiton, Booker, Mikel Bridges, and more. So that'll be that'll be fun to watch over over the next uh, course of the next few years. <laughs> Only got to wait a only got to wait a few thousand days to see how his uh, his career ends up, but we will find okay. out. Let's get a time machine and find out sooner. At the seven spot, yeah. You wanna you wanna kick it off? Yeah, I take this one. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I'll take it. At the seven spot, the point guard out of LSU, number twenty five, Ben Simmons. Three, two, one. Underrated. Rated just right. <laughs> All right, I I respect that. How about how you take the lead on this one? Yeah, I you know I'm not want to be any one of those guys who downplays Ben Simmons' impact just because he can't shoot. Right, Ben Simmons is probably the best defender in the league right now, and he's playing at a high level while 
being along while well, being paired with a guy who other we we've, we've heard people in the past say he they couldn't get along not get along but their play styles didn't complement each other very well and uh this year i mean you can argue you can say what you want but it's obviously working because they have the best record in the east well they used to have the best record in the east i guess brooklyn took that over now but he's obviously contributed big time and uh He's just a player that's unique, and I think he's going to be probably just like something to look at that's different from the norm in the NBA for years to come. Yeah, and Ben Simmons, I don't know if you can see this comparison, but when I think of Ben Simmons and I watch his game, <laughs> and I'm going to be honest, I didn't watch a lot of this player's highlights because uh, I didn't grow up in the era that he was playing in, but Ben Simmons, when I think of Ben Simmons, I get shades of Magic Johnson. Whether it be the size, the ability to play multiple positions on the floor, the defensive ability. I mean, Ben Simmons is hands down the best defender in the league. And he's 6'11", which is just crazy to me. Yet he he has the ball handling ability to almost any player 1-5, through five, bar a few exceptions. Kyrie, Harden, uh, not ball handling ability. He has the playmaking ability in the top 10, top 10 playmaking ability in the league. I mean, Simmons, for his career, he's averaging 16, 8, and 8. And when you look at someone like Chris Paul, similar numbers. Steve Nash, similar numbers. When you look at Magic Johnson's career numbers, 19, 7, and 11. Very similar. And I think Simmons has nowhere to go to improve from here. Of course, we still don't know if his jumper is going to make a a full enravelment into his game. We see every offseason him shooting in the gym. He'll knock down a jumper every now and then, and it'll go viral on Twitter. But Simmons, I just think his elite defensive ability and his size, and as you said, his unique role as a player, someone who is outside of the box as a an abnormal build, someone that... When you look back at the past few number one picks of the past 10 years, he's probably the most unorthodox player. I mean, maybe Anthony Bennett, just based off of his outright bad pick. But even if you look at Anthony Bennett, I mean, he fits more of a given role than someone like Ben Simmons does. Um, And I I think Ben Simmons is just, he's 24. He has such a high level of basketball IQ. Of course, he's Australian, so he's got the advantage of not being born in the U.S. You're automatically a little bit more smarter. smarter, Or you're automatically a little bit more smarter when you're not born in the United States. Um, especially in a place with Australia. Especially in a place like Australia. I mean, you got a really cool accent. You're, you're automatically better than anyone else in the United States from the second you start talking. But Ben Simmons is just... He's he's weirdly consistent, and he's weirdly not talked about or respected by the fans. I say the media gives him the respects he deserves, but the fans especially. Um, but he, Ben Simmons is just such a unique player, and I see him continue to just grow his game plan more and more as the years progress, grow his skill set, um, more specifically. And he's just, he's, he came into the league with such a specific, he came into the league with such a broad, well-developed skill set that he was sort of a raw prospect and by himself, but he has fine-tuned those skills. And I see him developing more and more over the years, as that makes sense. And I don't know if him and Embiid will stay together, but I think Simmons has the ability to lead any team that he's put onto at this point. All right, you want to take the next one? Yeah, I got you. Um, so number six, we got the man, the myth, the guy from Dora the Explorer, De'Aaron Swipe a Fox at number six on this list. Overrated, underrated, perfectly rated. Three, two, one. Overrated. Rated. Yeah. So, De'Aaron Fox, I mean, all credit to him. You look at his stats, he's a solid player. He 
He's putting up 24 a game this year. 24, 7 assists, 3 rebounds, 48% shooting. I think the thing for De'Aaron Fox right now is that he hasn't reached that all-star level. I mean, it's tough, of course, being in the Western Conference right now. If you throw him in the East, maybe he has one or two at this point. But De'Aaron, he's on a team that has been seemingly cursed forever, Sacramento Kings. Look at their past few draft picks. Of course, with De'Aaron and now Tyrese Halliburton, looking a little bit more promising for the future to come. But we need to see De'Aaron, like SGA, be on a, a team that plays at a playoff level to see if he can perform under the bright lights, under pressure. And I feel like we have yet to have a breakout moment or even a breakout season for De'Aaron Fox. Even this season, he's having, I said earlier, he's putting up fantastic numbers. But no one's really talking about it because the numbers are, I mean, they're pretty much superficial stats. Kings are going to end up in the lottery conversation once again. And while De'Aaron, I still think, can develop into a stellar point guard, when I look at players down this list, especially the point guards, with Jamal Murray, Ja Morant, Trey Young, I all see those players on more situational teams that are beneficial to their skill sets, whether it be the talent level all around or the youth development that those teams spur, et cetera, et cetera. What are your, what are your thoughts on this, Levi? Yeah, Fox is just, uh, I mean, I, I really respect his game. I think he's a great player. I just, I just, I just really want to see him when if this list is talking about the future projection for this guy, I just don't know. I, I get that it's not um, great to focus on legacy all the time, but him on the Kings, I mean, they're not built for success in the playoffs. So I don't think him seeing him in bright lights will be uh, a common thing. Um, if he stays with the Kings, I mean, if he goes somewhere else, um, I mean, that obviously I think he'd be great somewhere else, but I guess that's just unpredictable right now. That's why I think he's a little bit overrated on this list. And he, he already signed his rookie extension, right? So he's locked into these locked into Sacramento for a few more years, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. Number five, we got the main man out of Boston. Shout out my man, uncle Rob, number one Celtics fan. Listen to this podcast. Jason Tatum, Levi, you wanna you wanna count us down on this one? Sure. Three, two, one. Underrated. Underrated. Yeah. Easy. And I, I think a little bit, a little bit of this is contributed by the to the two players directly above him. Donovan Mitchell, LaMelo Ball. Great players, but I mean, come on. Jason Tatum, he's dunked on LeBron in the game seven. He was one of the most important pieces of these Celtics teams in his rookie year, especially that almost knocked off LeBron in a seven game series, which is a feat almost no team can say. Um, besides maybe the Warriors, a, a team that gave LeBron a run for his money in a game seven, which is a feat that not many teams can say going back to maybe the Pistons in the late 2000s, maybe those uh, the Paul Pierce big three teams. But besides that, I mean, think about the last last seven years. Pacers got shellacked a few times. I think one game seven by the Heat. Celtics got... Celtics gave... Uh, Celtics also, that, that Heat era, early Heat era, took LeBron to one game seven. But this Tatum team... His rookie year especially was the last time LeBron really faced a, a big test outside of the finals in the playoffs. And I think we've seen his game improve superbly over the past few years. He's a multi-time all-star now. He's in a he's in a system that seems kind of cursed right now in the Celtics in Boston. Danny Ainge has made some questionable moves. They still need some help on the on the big man front. I mean, I don't know how this lineup's gonna look with Lou Luke Cornett, Mo Wagner, and Tristan Thompson and Robert Williams comes playoff time. They all got barbecue chicken tonight by Joel Embiid, the exception of Tristan Thompson because he's out. But Jason Tatum, I mean, I feel like he's the odd man out when you talk about the the, the people entering their primes right now or the people in the league who are the future of the league. You talk about Luka, Zion, and Giannis. I feel like Tayson, Jason Tatum is always the odd man out of those four. 
but I feel like he is someone who is going to be consistently a top five player in the league for the next 15, 15 years. Give her, give, give him a few years to reach that level. But I feel like for 10 years, he will be a consistent top five player in the league. What do you think? Yeah, honestly, I think I'd like to see him be even more aggressive than he is now, just because I, I, I think he has the possibility to be a superstar in this league. Uh, and I think he's already he's already shown that he can average like 25 on a good on a really good team. Um, so just seeing him being even more aggressive, I think, will lead to a lot of prosperity. And uh, like you said, I think he's just going to be have a lot of longevity. Um, I mean, if Boston keeps going this way, I could even see him. This is great. I could even see him leaving Boston, Boston, and going somewhere where he thinks he can succeed more, which I mean, it would be great for him, just to get out of the shadow of everything that Boston is, and to see what he can be on his own would be really cool as well. Yeah, and I mean, I don't want to make I don't want to make uh over eager Celtics comparisons, but when I think of someone like Tatum, I think about the era where it was LeBron, Kobe, D Wade, and then you had someone like Paul Pierce. When you think about the star level, I kind of think of someone of Tatum like Paul Pierce, but has the potential to go beyond what Pierce did and just be that kind of underrated, under the radar guy who, after the fact, people don't really appreciate the consistent stardom and output that he, he put on the table. But when you look back at Pierce's career, the late 2000s, even going into 2011, I mean, he was a fantastic player. Top five, top ten in the league. Easy, no question about it. And he came through in the clutch in the playoffs so many times. Um, and I'm just I'm just wondering where does Boston go from here as a team? Because they have they've built around their youth and they are it has worked in some ways with Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum, especially, but you got such a young core right now. You gotta think about three to four years down the line. You're going to want to acquire some more veteran pieces. You're going to want to have a more established uh, big man presence. Um, so, so getting a little off topic here, but what do you think Danny Ainge should aim to do over these next few years when we go go through this awkward phase of the Celtics transitioning out of the Tatum-Brown de- developmental years onto the we need to contend for a championship because we have two players who are arguably in the top 15, 20 players in the league conversation right now on our team. It's just going to be interesting to see how Boston takes a turn away from uh, developing Brown and Tatum. And I think this year is probably going to be crucial to see if they can get further than uh, if they can get to the finals, I think this year, which is a big ask um, considering they're not a very high seed at all. Um, I think, I think that's when you keep it around, but if you if you don't get to the finals this year, if it's if it's success akin to what you've had for the past few years, I think you try to maybe move a piece and see what you can do. Yeah, it's it's when you have someone like Danny Ainge, it's going to be tough for him to realize that a team that he's been building up for so many years is actually entering a phase where it's like, all right, we need to win now. We need to enter into a let's assemble a championship core team with all the necessary veteran pieces, locker room veterans, <laughs> veteran pieces, playoff experience vets, et cetera, et cetera. So good luck Celtics fans in these next three seasons. Um, but number four, number four, we got Spider-Man himself, the Adidas brand rep, Donovan Mitchell, number four, three, two, one, overrated. Overrated. And listen, I'm, I'm a huge fan of Donovan Mitchell's game. He's one of the most fun players to watch these days. And when you talk about someone like T-Mac, I feel like Donovan Mitchell kind of fits that bill um, out of the active players. I mean, he's explosive. He can knock down knock down a three at a consistent level, create his own shot. He's a highlight man. But I feel like he will always, I mean, on a team like Utah, I don't feel like he has the ability to lead them to a championship even with the level of the roster they have right now. Um, and he's still young. He's only 24. He has room to grow. But I just don't see him reaching the apex. Players like Jason Tatum, even Devin Booker will, as a, a ball-dominant 
score first guard slash wing. And I don't know. I just I need to see I need to see Mitchell have some playoff success before I am more confident to bet on his future. I just need to see him. I don't know. He he just doesn't have the X factor for me. I see him more more being a player like T Mac, where he has a solid career. He'll be a fringe Hall of Famer years down the line, but he's not going to be a first ballot. He'll just be a player that'll be remembered for his highlight plays and a few clutch moments here and there. What do you say? Yeah, to me, he just reminds me of a more athletic version, of a slightly worse scoring version of Devin Booker. Um, I mean, he's a guy who can. He's a great shooter, and uh, he, he can obviously score naturally, but I don't know that he is worthy of a number four spot in the top 25 list of this caliber. I think this is maybe based on the fact that the Utah Jazz are really good right now, and spectating down the line, I think you could see Utah having more better years just off this one year. I think that's what maybe what they're thinking in putting him in this high on the list. I just don't think – he warrants this spot right now, in my opinion. Yeah, and I feel bad because, I mean, he's always... Donovan Mitchell has always had a chip on his shoulder throughout his his career, whether it be the rookie of the year with him and Ben Simmons. Ben Simmons not really being a rookie. Um, This past year with the, with the Jazz, with Ben Simmons not being a rookie, but still getting the award. Excuse me? What? Uh, you you want to look up some NBA rules? Well, you you know what I'm talking about. The whole debate. I I'm making no claims here. <laughs> we know Simmons didn't play a single game his rookie year because he was hurt, but then he came back the next year, had a fantastic season. It was arguable whether it was Mitchell or Simmons, but in the end, Simmons won the award. But there was of course controversy because Mitchell is the more popular player. Simmons is more dislikable based off of the rules and the scenario. Blah blah blah. But yeah, Mitchell, I feel bad for him because he's a solid player, but he's always kind of had a chip on his shoulder because he's a flashy guy and you want to like him. But when you think about his potential, can he lead a championship team? I'm not so sure at this point. Compared to the other players, I rank him lower in that totem pole just based on what we've seen so far. And what I think about what he can develop in the future, I just haven't seen that. I haven't seen anything where I think he could he could blossom. Um like someone like Devin Booker or Ben Simmons can at this point. Number three. Yeah. You can count on this one, but I, we're both going to scream this pretty much. All right. Number three, we got Lamelo Ball. Overrated. I'm not even going to let you count down. Overrated. 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 I'll go first off the jump. All right. Go ahead. Uh, Lamelo just, I mean, we haven't seen that much of LaMelo and I'm pretty sure this pick is based of all based off of just what he could become and nothing more right and ESPN what we have seen yeah what we have seen from his concentrated career is very good however um, I don't know that it is what he's going to be consistent like for the rest of his career he's been a great shooter so far from what I've seen but I don't think that uh, you can judge any player by Oh, is it like 30 starts, maybe? Um, I mean, it is a decent sample size, but comparing it to other guys like Donovan Mitchell, who have had stretches like LaMelo Balls in his career, I but that's not Donovan Mitchell's entire career. So I think you have to judge it by what it's going to be like for LaMelo so far. And for me, we don't have enough evidence for that yet, and that's why I wouldn't rank him this high. Your, your, your opinion I mean, that's pretty much it, period. I mean, 16, 6, and 6. Solid numbers for a rookie, especially as a point guard. But do I think he's going to be the third best player 5, 10 years down the line out of everyone on this list? No. Could he be? Maybe. But at this point, we've seen what Tatum can do in the playoffs. We can see what Ben Simmons can do. We can see the shooting ability, the ability for Devin Booker to drop 70 points in a game. Even players like Jamal Murray last year in the playoffs. Trey Young. I mean, the flashes he's given the Hawks team over the past two seasons, three seasons. Has he been in the league for three years now? That's crazy. Um, but anyways, there's just so many other players in this list who have proven themselves more on a higher levels while still being at a young age. This LaMelo pick at three, there's no logical reasoning behind it. 
honestly, at all. And I want to talk to someone who can tell me with a straight face that LaMelo Ball, at this point, from what we've seen, him and all the other players, will have a better career than someone like Jason Tatum. And LaMelo's shown a lot of stuff this year. I mean, he's he's exceeded expectations when I think, uh, back to my opinion of him, around draft time. I mean, I, I liked him. I thought he was underrated at the draft, but I didn't expect him to have as good as a rookie season as he's having right now, or as he as he had, unfortunately, before the injury. But yeah, uh, LaMelo Ball, number three. Going on to number two on this list. Yeah, sounds good. All right. All right. And now, number two, Zion Williamson. Three, two, one. Perfectly, Perfectly rated. rated. Thank yeah. you. Thank you. I wasn't sure if you were going to say that, but thank you very much. All right. I'll go first. Actually, you know what? I'm going to go first on number one because I think we all know my opinion on that guy. Well, let's hear your thoughts on Zion, my friend. Why do you think he deserves to be number two on this list? You know, it is kind of the same thing with LaMelo um, in terms of we just haven't seen that much of him yet. We've seen obviously more of him than LaMelo, but I think what he's shown on the court so far has been really, really impressive. And um, this season especially, he's just a beast in the paint. He doesn't shoot that many threes. Hold on, hold on I'm going to sneeze. He doesn't shoot that many threes. But he's a beast, and I think uh, five years down the line, I think he's going to be good. And I think you can judge him so far off of what this um, stretch has been, simply because I think if you add all his performances up together, it might equal a year so far of his NBA career. And I think that's enough to judge on so far. So that's why I'm putting Zion in a perfect rating of two. He's just been really good for what his role is on the team so far. And I really like where he is right now. Well said. And Zion has just been on a tear since the All-Star break. And I've been saying it for a lot of the season. I've been saying it a lot of episodes in a row, especially last episode. Zion is not talked enough right now as he should be. He is dominating everyone he plays against. And since the All-Star break, he's averaging 29.4 points per game. Seven rebounds, three to four odd assists. He's crazy. And you know what's even more impressive? He's been playing a lot of point forward. I mean, he is... I raved about it last episode, but his ball handling abilities are impressive. I feel like people coming out of college and all the hype forgot that this dude can control the offense as a ball handler. Um, he could be a he can be a passer when he wants to, but he can also duck and weave through the defense when he doesn't just want to bully ball through them. I mean, he has... He's, he's quicker as a dribbler than you would expect him to be. I mean, he posts up so often. He's a bully in that paint. You wouldn't expect him to have that in his game, but he does. And I think what you said in five years, he's going to be an elite level. I'd say even maybe two to three. Um, it definitely depends a lot on this Pelicans team. But when you look at two players that are in the league category that Brandon Ingram and uh, Eric Bledsoe are performing at right now, um, you give this Pelican team... Pelicans team a few more pieces over the next few seasons. Hey, that's what your mom was doing last night. <laughs> yeah, this this Pelicans team, I mean, they got elite pieces like Brandon Ingram that I feel like a lot of people aren't talking about as well. I mean, he's a two-time All-Star now. Solid player. Eric Bledsoe still performing at a decent level. Plenty of young pieces. Kyra Lewis Jr., Nikhil Alexander-Walker, Jackson Hayes. The list goes on and on. I can talk about the Pelicans youth core any day of the week. But Zion... I mean, he's putting up better numbers than Luca did in his rookie year. Um, if you still, if you, if you want to take the, the the mindset that this season combined with last season with his injuries compiles one year, but I feel like the growth that we've seen, especially from last year in the limited playing time we had, Zion just—he's a great personality. He's a humble guy, and I feel like he is going to be one of, if not the most dominant players when it comes to physicality and I guess like kind of having that X factor, I guess he's just, he's got that thing that I saw in Luca in his first two years um, and Giannis and his first MVP year. He's just got that ability to take over a game and 
he's this is only his sophomore year. He's just got so much more to go but up from here. But he's just so dominant in the archetype, the physical freak that he is right now. And I think he's put all questions to rest whether his size will translate to success in the NBA. Number number uno, number one on this list, Levi, take it away. No, number one, Dwight Howard. Oh, he's number one on the list. No, he isn't. What are you talking about? Yeah, top 25 players under 25. It's Dwight Howard. Are you fucking high? What, what are you talking about? I'm looking at it right here. It says Dwight Howard. It's Luka Doncic. What? Are you high? Top five, top 25 players under 25? Dwight Howard? What? It's, I don't know what to tell you. Mine says Dwight Howard. You are tripping. I'm not, dude. It's the list I sent sure you. The link I sent name? you. Yeah, it says Dwight Howard. It is not Dwight Howard. You were looking at the wrong list. Oh, wait, wait. There's another one under it. It says belated April Fool's. What are you looking <laughs> Oh, are you, are you trying to tell me it's April Fool's? Oh, that's funny. <laughs> you should have just said April really Fool's wasn't. right after yeah. that. I was it just was, thinking it really was stupid. Wasn't it wasn't really an April Fool's <laughs> joke. I just thought you were stupid. <laughs> Number one, Luca Doncic. I mean, it's it's Three, clear. It's clear that Luca is gonna be number one on this list. One. Perfectly rated. Underrated. You can go in the negatives if there's that's such a thing. Perfectly rated. How how can he be underrated? He's number one. He can be number 0.5. He can be number zero. Luca is going to be the best player in this league for the next 15 years, maybe 20 if he has a LeBron career. But, okay. I mean, I could make an argument right now that Luca is the best player in the league. I think he's top three easily. And he's only in his third season, which is just blowing my mind that this dude is dropping triple doubles. Hitting step back threes against every team. They double him and he still hits it from half court step back. I mean, he's a better three point shooter if you look at his career in the NBA than Trey Young is. Trey Young was the dude people were comparing to Steph Curry, not Luka, when that draft class. I mean, he's come up in the big time, whether it be primetime games against the Celtics this year, against your Blazers in his rookie season. More and more than I'm forgetting, he had that dunk on Jokic, even though they ended up losing that game to take the lead. A playoffs buzzer beater? Yes, that one too. How can you forget about it? The double bang from Mike Breen. Luca is... I mean, he's... How can you not like him? I mean, his smile. That smile, though. So adorable, Luca. (laughs) No homo, though. Hey, why aren't you saying it, though? You trying to slide in? I didn't say anything about it. I mean, there, there's not much to say. A lot of players on this list are fantastic. And I think the one player that could come close to the peak that Luka's going to have is Zion. But I think what we've seen so far from Luka in the clutch, in the bright lights, puts him easily above anyone else on this list. Maybe even a different tier. Yeah, I can't disagree. I think Luka's just been phenomenal so far in what we've seen. Uh, I mean, I don't know if there's anything else to say. He produces 40-point games seemingly out of nowhere. He pulls him out of his, you know what? It's just impressive how how ready he has been into the NBA and how wrong a lot of the analysts were talking about him coming into the league. Let us remind you that this dude has been playing professional basketball since he was 16 years old. He played against the Boston Celtics at 16. Wild. You know, I wish I I was I'm trying to remember what my consensus was on Luka around that draft year because I wasn't really following the draft that much. I didn't know a lot of player names besides Aiton and Trey Young. But I wish I could go back to think what my mindset was around that draft night 
what I thought about Luka Doncic because I I would have remembered if I drastically overrated him, but I always look through my Twitter sometimes to see if there are old takes that I can justify or old takes that I can pull out and be like, hey, I got this right. But yeah, I mean, who who knows what my thoughts were on Luka back then, but nowadays I'm all in and there's not much else to say. Makes sense. All right, you want to cut this down and send it off? Hey, I want to cut you down and eat you up. Mm. You're going to have to edit the shit out of this podcast. Bro, I'm leaving that in. You're looking tasty tonight. What you know about rolling down in the deep? Hey, hey, I hit you to that song. You know what I'm saying? No, stop. Put in the slowed and reverb motion. You know what I'm saying? What you know about rolling? Hey, hey, hit it on B, you know what I'm saying? Stop. All right. Oh. Um, what? What? I thought you said, oh. I said, Paul. Oh. <laughs> um, oh. Let's, let's talk quickly about Paul Pierce. We got to. No. Yes. No. Yes. I'm gonna wait, wait, I'm gonna start a timer. For exactly one minute. Okay, you got a minute. Starting now. All right, Paul Pierce was fired from ESPN after going on Instagram live and being seen with strippers. The mouse has no care for anything that is not family friendly. Levi, I don't think Paul Pierce has done anything more memorable in his ESPN career than maybe admit that he pooped his pants in that one Lakers Celtics game. What are your thoughts on this firing? Yeah, it was really weird. I just thought the Paul Pierce firing. I mean, obviously, once you saw the Instagram live with all the strippers and the house party, it was it was clear something weird was happening. I, I had never seen this side of Paul Pierce before, so it was an odd story. And uh, I just think him getting fired is probably the the justified reaction coming from it. But it was the one that was surprised me nonetheless. And while he wasn't the best basketball analyst, he had some entertaining bad takes after winning one game against the Bucks. Few years ago in the playoffs, I remember him saying that the series is over. That was hilarious. But Paul Pierce, five seconds. We'll, we'll be interested to see where your media career goes from here. But funny story, learn a lesson as a future media member. Anyone listening, interested in sports media, don't post inappropriate stuff on your social media when you have a contract with a big company like ESPN. You were nowhere near in time, but <laughs> you'll allow it, right? Sure. That's going to pretty much do it, though, for this episode. Levi, it's been a pleasure. We got a little off script from time to time, but pleasure is always my friend. Of course, on Twitter, at Ethan W. Hendo. I... Of course, on Twitter, at Ethan W. Hendo, if you want to check me out for all my hot takes, shenanigans. Levi, what's your handle? Handle is Prophet Levi, P-R-O-F-I-T-T, L-E-V-I. Follow me if you want to see one post per month. Uh... It's about to be dope. It's about to be super dope. And as I mentioned at the beginning, check out our podcast account at Barbecue Podcast. B-A-R-B-E-C-U-E-P-O-D-C-A-S-T. It's not hard to spell. You know how to spell barbecue, don't you? Hopefully you do. But until next time, y'all, it's been a pleasure. Stay tuned. Follow us on Spotify. We're now, we're now on Apple Podcasts as well. So check us out, Apple Podcasts. Five-star review. Stay tuned. Stay in the news. Stay following hoops. And until we talk to you next time, peace out.